Beyond the To-Do List, Episode 1. And welcome to Beyond the To-Do List. My name is Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk with people about their perspectives on personal productivity. The show where I talk to a variety of people, from friends to personal heroes, about how they've managed their time, prioritized their tasks, and taken steps to avoid burnout. Now, the great thing about most people you're going to hear on this show is that they became successful by failing to be good at these key areas, which is good for you because you're going to hear about some of those struggles as well as how they overcame them and even some of what they struggle with today. The great thing about that is that then you can identify with them and hopefully the message and the lessons hit that much closer to home for you. Hopefully hearing how they messed up and learned from it and and what they're doing right now and even what they struggle with today will help you in your journey, to know you're not alone when it comes to productivity. If you haven't listened to episode zero, where I explain what the show is going to be about and where my personal incentive to create this show came from, I invite you to go back and download that episode as well and listen to that. However, if you want to just jump straight into the interviews and get the gist of the show that way, you're more than welcome to. This episode is going to be an interview with Cliff Ravenscraft, who is the podcast answer man. In fact, you can see all that he's done over at podcastanswerman.com. I've known Cliff for about the end of 2005. I've known him basically his entire podcasting career. I've seen him and his ups and his downs. I've seen him struggle through productivity, balancing family life. In fact, he does a show called Pursuing a Balanced Life. It used to be, I believe it was My Crazy Life or something like that. I honestly forget because he's had such a forward momentum. He's been a great friend. I've learned everything I know about podcasting from him. He's just somebody I thought, let's kick off this first episode of a podcast with the podcast answer man who I know knows a lot about productivity and goal setting and all of the important kinds of topics that we're going to start talking about in this episode and this show. So with that said, we're just going to jump right into this first interview. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'll say this. I learned a lot myself from asking these questions to Cliff. All right. Welcome to the show, Cliff Ravenscraft. Thank you for joining us on this first edition of Beyond the To-Do List. I wanted to bring Cliff on because he's a podcaster and, well, there seems to be some sort of a rule or at least maybe a self-imposed rule that that Cliff has said or from his experience that first episodes of podcasts aren't always that that great. So I wanted to break that rule and say, well, I'm going to have the podcast answer man on my first show. So there you go. 
Hey, Eric, I am so glad to be on here, my friend, and so delighted to have you producing your own podcast again. It's been a while. It's been too long, and actually for the fact that this is actually my first solo cast, I'm even more excited. Well, I'm delighted about the topic. I absolutely love talking about productivity and to-do items and and technology gadgets and software tips of helping us manage our lives. Exactly. So I want to jump right in and just start with actually a question I did not prep you for, which Uh, is (laughs) how in an ideal world would you start your day? In an ideal world, I would start my day by waking up at no later than 4.45 a.m. I would lay in my bed for maybe 15 minutes And then I would get up and go out for an hour-long walk. And uh, during that walk, I would either listen to a podcast that had some kind of inspirational uh, message or I would be recording a podcast for Pursuing a Balanced Life and uh, giving other people a positive message. And then when I came back, I would take a shower And uh, then I would probably spend an hour reading a chapter or two of one or two different books. And after spending some time reading those books, I would grab myself a bite for breakfast, sit in silence for about 20 or 30 minutes, and then I would start my work day. And uh, by starting my work day, I mean coming down do do you want my the rest of my morning routine? Sure, keep going. All right. And so the rest of my morning would go. I would come down to my office to start my work day. I would refuse to look at my email inbox. And this is an ideal world, right? Yes. Okay. I would refuse to look at my inbox. I would not look at Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google Plus, or any of those other things. Instead, I would pull up my to-do list and then I would pull up my calendar. I would look to see if there's any to-do items that didn't get done the day before and kind of prioritize those and whether or not they are going to get done today or not. I would then look at my calendar to see if there's any appointments that I've already committed myself to. And if they are, then that goes on my to-do list. And then uh, from there, I uh, would next look at items that are on not on my to-do today list, but my to-do soon list. And so I have another list right below my to-do today list. And I would see if there's any high-priority items that need to be moved to today. And so once I have determined that, looking at my calendar and looking at my to-do list, these are all commitments that I've made to myself or to others already uh, before anything else. I would then be ready to either number one, jump right into to-do list item number one if it's that important and I want to get a start on it before I start interacting with anyone. Eventually, I would check my email. And when I check my email, what's amazing uh, with this process in this ideal world that I have lived in from time to time um, is that by the time I've checked my email and I start reading other people's requests for me to commit to them my time, I've already looked at my day and I'm like, you know what? I have a I have a list that's called to do today and it's already pretty much full. I I I mean I have a I mean technically speaking if you look at the number of hours that I'll probably be in front of my computer today, could I squeeze in two or three more things? Yeah, the answer is technically I could, but I've learned over time 
that I need margin in my life. Mm-hmm. And so therefore the answer is I'm not going to add anything else in my, in my to-do list. So then I respond to emails one by one of these requests for my time and I give them a time frame of when I may or may not be able to commit to them. Most of the time today in this perfect world that I am living in right now, I would say that I say no to at least seven out of 10 requests for my time. Uh, and the cool thing is, is I have been, I have been building a referral network of other consultant and coaches and other uh, service providers. I, I'm slowly building this referral network of my own. And so, mo- you know, all 100% of the time when I say no to somebody, I have somebody else I can refer them to. Uh, which is very cool. And it, it's set up in such a way that I generate a commission by, you know, by setting that com- that referral up, which is kind of nice. Uh, but the three out of 10 people that I say that I may say yes to, those people are, are not going to get help today most of the time um, unless it is super, super urgent. And, you know, th- there's some reason why I think, okay, um, let's look at my to-do list. What can I pull off of my to-do list and put it on for tomorrow and put this in its place? But that is very rare uh, that that will happen. Very rare that it will happen. So th- that's that's how I set up my to-do day. And then I, I go through my day uh, working on to-do items. Um, once I've checked my email in this perfect world, I close my email inbox because emails are going to come all in all day long. Mm-hmm. But uh, I close my email inbox and I, you know, in the morning I will go ahead and check my social media. I'll spend probably about 30 minutes, 30 minutes to 60 minutes looking at a combination of Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google Plus uh, just to see what all comments are there. I will read some timeline stuff, maybe comment to some other people on things that they're posting things like that. I might post something in the morning, most of the time not these days. Um, and and so I, I do spend a good hour uh, most of the time engaging with people in the morning some way, somehow. And then I shut all those down. I, I don't have any notifications from those services coming in throughout the day. And then I go to my to-do list and I say, okay, item number one, let's get this thing started. And I start a 25-minute clock. And I work for 25 minutes on that project and nothing else. I am not working or thinking about anything else except for that one project. And after 25 minutes, get this, I get up from my chair, walk away from my desk, and I do 50 jumping jacks as fast as I can. Whoa, wait a second. Now that's news to me and I've known you for a while. Hmm? Good stuff. Good. It, it, it's so, so helpful. And with 50 jumping jacks, it's just enough to totally get the blood pumping and to raise your 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 heartbeat and everything like that. And then, of course, I go over to my whiteboard and I put a little hashtag or a, a, sl- a little hash slash or whatever, you know, where you do the five or four tally marks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then so like so basically, the prison wall. So every days you've been there, every five tally marks. one, you know, the fifth one with the cross through the other four. Every every grouping is 250 uh, um, jumping jacks that I've done throughout the day. So um, so yeah, I, I do that for 25 minutes or 25 minutes. I get up, do 50 jumping jacks, and then I sit back down and get right back to work. Also, the five check marks would signify 120, not 125. Uh, 
No, uh, 125 minutes of work. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. 25 and 25 and 25 and 25 and 25. So it'd be you've done, you can say, wow, I've done that much work too. Exactly. At least time-wise. So then I sit back down at my desk with my heart beating, pumping fast, my adrenaline flowing, and just super, super intense focus. I click the 25-minute thing and get right back to that task. Now, are you using something on the computer to do that? Are you using iPhone, iPad, some kind of app? or? I'm, I'm using a computer. Uh, I, I think I bought this in the Mac App Store. Let me see if I can tell you which uh, program it is. It's, I think it's called Nice Timer. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me... Yeah, ni- it's uh, Nice Timer. That's what it's called. Cool. And there's a little option for it to be... Uh, to be, tr- you know, kind of translucent, so it kind of blends into the background, and it's small and unobtrusive, and and uh, but yeah, and and you can set the timer for anything you want. But I like twenty five minute art intervals. Yeah, well, and and the, as some people may know, that that whole twenty five minute and then take a break is known as the Pomodoro method, right? And and that comes from the little tomato kind of an egg timer thing that you can turn, and and twenty five is not. It's a standard measurement, but it, you know you can do any kind of variable of that. I like that you're doing 25 minutes. That's about how long it takes to really get in and then get going and then consistently get to a a good momentum. It, it is, and then taking that five minutes just and, and it's actually not taking five minutes. It's you know getting up and doing jumping jacks. That what that does for me is it just further intensifies my heartbeat and focus and 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 intensity. And then I immediately sit right back. You know, I might stretch or something like that. And then I'll sit right back down. That may have only taken me, I don't even know, I haven't counted, but maybe 60, 90 seconds or something like that. Yeah. Um, While you're doing the jumping jacks, do you purposely disengage your mind from the work or do you find that your mind is still working on what you were just working on? Basically, my my mind is focused on uh, counting to 50. Gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. I'm counting to 50 and, but, but I, but I'm right back down. I mean, I haven't really walked too far away mm-hmm. and I find that it's easy for me to immediately jump in and pick up where I left off, especially since I'm not working on three or four different t- things anymore. Right. So you asked for my perfect morning, but that, that, that gives you a good feel what a perfect day looks like for me. And I am happy to say that minus the 445 part of it, um, you know, in the 5 a.m. walk, I I have been experiencing, I'd say maybe 70 to 85 percent of all of the things that I just said most of the time for the last uh, three or four weeks. Awesome. Well, and and that's important to state that, you know, we want to ask about an ideal situation because a lot of the times when you ask somebody, well, how do you start your morning? They say, well, you know, I get up and I have I have I instantly grab coffee and I get a shower and I, I get dressed and I go to work. Well, that's that's kind of mundane and boring, and most people don't think of how the the ideal situation actually stating it and writing it down they could achieve if they literally write it down. Yeah, so. yeah you're not going to fall into a good, healthy, wonderful, productive routine just by chance. It yeah. has to be something that you have purposefully done and and there have by the way i just i want to say there have been times where i went six months straight with my 5 a.m walk and maybe that uh five days a week yeah without fail and and 
And it's just because I made it a part of my routine and I made it a goal. I wrote it down. I told other people about it and I stayed committed to it. Um, I miss those days. Um, sometimes I'm, you know, this whole idea of going to bed at 11.45 or 12.05 or 12.30, there's no way I'm going to get up that early in the morning. I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in for a little bit and take life a little easy and, and, uh, be okay with it. Um, but yeah, I, I desperately want to get to that place where I'm going back, going to bed again at nine or 10 o'clock at night so that I can get up at 4.45. Yeah. Well, that was a very long answer to how you start your ideal day, but you touched on so many of the other things I want to talk about that we could go anywhere at this point. I think I'd like to go back to the part where you said you get back from your walk and and you do your some of your routine and then you head downstairs to your office. And for people that don't know, your office is downstairs in your house. Like your commute is literally uh, 30 seconds at most. Well, sometimes there's a little congestion in the in the hall. <laughs> yeah, like you know, laundry day is that day. the The night before, the the clothes are tossed down over the the over the stairs. <laughs> a little traffic congestion on the way downstairs, yeah. but sometimes it takes about thirty five seconds. Uh, but what I'd like to touch on is this whole concept of margin and the fact that, for example, your work life you maintain a healthy separation or a balance or what people would call, what a lot of people would call a work life balance in your in the fact that you are as a well a working at home uh full-time podcast producer and consultant and yet you also have a full and healthy family life how do you do that well i have, by the way, have you ever heard me say that I have have that full and healthy? Family? I'm I'm going to say that from the conversations I've heard that you do very well. I, I may, may, maybe I just hold a really high standard. <laughs> I, how how? Let me ask you. Let me ask you a different way. How do you and Stephanie work towards that goal? Okay. However well you think you achieve it or not. Well, I, I, I don't even know, to be honest with you. This is a tough question because I, I really do struggle with this. Well, and let me add, I'll add this. You know, I know for a fact that you used to be a lot worse at it than you are now. There, your wife would attest to that. So here, here, because there, are, I think you've mentioned two things, and this is where I'm getting really sh- stuck on this because I really struggled with this for years. What I hear you saying is that, you know, you're, you've got a good, healthy bit of margin in your life. And you've got a good, healthy separation of work and family. Um, you know, you you kind of separate those two worlds. And I want to say that I do have margin and I do have a good family life most of the time. Um, but I don't know that <clears throat> I, I, I think for years I tried to pull off a good separation of of business and, and family. And and when I realized what I realized is my business is pretty much my passion. I, I've I've made it to where what I do for a living is what I love. What what I do for a living is my passion. And matter of fact, if I come up with a new passion and it's like like, for example, photography, mm-hmm. it's a new passion of mine. I find I'm finding some way that that's going to fit into you know my profession. You know, I, I can take what I'm learning through in photography and help that benefit, for instance, my show notes or the way that I look at things and from perspectives and, and stuff like that. So I, he, here's the deal. 
I still today work and enjoy working a good solid 14 hour day. All right. That, that, that's, that's about average for me. A good 12 to 14 hour day is about what I work. Now that might seem like, okay, wait a second. That's a, that's a little bit too much. You know, well, if you figure if I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I end at five o'clock in the evening, well, what is that? That's 12 hours, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at math. So <laughs> ask. And, and not always am I finished by five o'clock. Sometimes, you know, I, I might work as late as six or seven, some nights of the week. So that, that's pretty common for me. But here's what, here's what I've done is I realize that if I'm working these hours, I can, you know, sometimes I can, if I want to just pick up and go out to lunch with my wife and, and go out for a two and a half hour lunch if I want to. And I don't have to ask anybody's permission. I don't have to do anything else. I just need to say, you know what? Um, yeah, let's go do this. And one of the things that I've decided to do <clears throat> to help aid in this is I'm very, I'm very cautious today. And this is something that's new as of like three months ago. Um, I, I have to be convinced to put a hard and fast set commitment of a certain date and time to meet with you. So, so if you say, hey, Cliff, I would like to know if I can cons- you know, hire you to do consulting and coaching with me one-on-one and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, is this something I want to commit an hour or more of my time to? And why is this a good thing? Why is this good for them? Why is it good for me? Why is this something that I should not refer to someone else? Remember I told you seven out of 10 times I refer it out. Right. And this includes my consulting and coaching. So so one of the things that I try not to do is I, I would, in an ideal world, on Monday, Wednesday, Third, well, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of each of those weeks, I would not have any anything that I actually have to, you know, any commitments as as far as a certain time that I have to be anywhere. On Tuesdays, okay, I have I, I can open that up for consulting. On Thursdays, I have live shows that I've committed to. Um, you know, outside of that, my my commitment to us being at a certain place at a certain time is very limited and I protect it very much because I have to do items that I have to do during that day. And what I found is that, you know, let's just say all of a sudden somebody says, I can only meet on Wednesdays. Well, if I put you on my meeting, if I put you on for 11 a.m. on Wednesday, well, I'm going to prepare before our call on Wednesday and I'm going to, I'm going to be in a good um, productive, productive, uh, flow. I'm going to be in a good, um, what, what's the word I'm looking at in a groove. I'm in a groove leading up to our call. And then all of a sudden we get on a call. And then after the, the call, I'm going to do some follow-up. I'm going to decompress. And honestly, it's going to take me a good 45 minutes to an hour. If that, if I ever do to get focused back on what's on my to-do list for the day. So, so one of the things that I do is I try not to make those, those commitments as much as possible. Uh, and, and so that allows me the freedom to say, you know, hey, yes, I can come to the school and have dinner with my daughter or lunch with my daughter at school. Or yes, I can go out to lunch with my wife. Yes, I can go 
you know, and just run to the, you know, I can go and go, I can go out for an hour long walk in the middle of the day if, if I didn't go in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it allows me to do that. And here's the deal because of the way that I uh, shared with you my ideal day, if I go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock at night and I get up at 4:45 and start my morning at technically at 5 a.m., then that does allow me to work a good solid 12 hours, maybe 14, um, and, and actually have dinner with my family and spend the entire evening with them. And, and when I've worked that many hours, I know that I can actually say, you know what I did today, what was most important. And I can be, I can leave that at work. I can, which is, you know, in the other room, I can leave it down there. And it has freed up my nights, which, by the way, I used to work 12, 14 hours a day, but I would start my day at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And I never really was. I, I always failed miserably at at being a husband and a father. Uh, at least I felt that way. So I am gaining a lot more, spending a lot of evenings with my family now. Um, and, and it was funny because at first it was very difficult. They weren't used to having me around and they had all their <laughs> messed everything up. Yeah. So then let me bookend the whole how you start your ideal day idea ideal day. It's a hard word to say. Ideal day, ideal day. How would you end your ideal work day slash end your your ideal day at the house? Okay. So so you want me to tell you how I end my work? Yeah. How do you end your work day? And then ideally, how do you end your your day for good? Gotcha. All right. Ideally, I would love to be done by no later than five, five thirty in the evening. Ideally, I mean, it doesn't always happen, but that's what I would love. Um, Ideally, I I would be done. My my inbox would be at zero. I would have responded to every email that came in. Um, Ideally, everything that I had committed on to myself to have done for my to do list for today, all of those items would have been completed. And uh, I would have had a minimum of one to three hours of community interaction with people of gspn.tv, Podcast Answer Man, the Podcast Mastermind, and, and just in general, just, just having community online with people. That's engaging with people through social networks, through, my, through online forums that I have set up and, and engaging with people. And, and so I'll, I very much consider that to be a part of my day, although I do schedule or set aside times within the day to, to accomplish those tasks. So, so as long as I have, as long as I have gotten most of those things down and, and I'm at the point now where I can actually walk away from my email inbox and have 39 messages left over and still sh- walk away from the computer today. Mm-hmm. This is, this is relatively new. This started maybe a month and a half ago. Um, which why, which is why some people, have waited, you know, three, four, or five days to get an email response from me. Um, and this is definitely something I want to touch on the whole inbox zero journey and come back to this in a couple minutes. But, but ideally, my I would work, I would walk away from my office in a perfect world at about five to five thirty in the evening, and I would spend the rest of the night not thinking about, uh, not thinking about work, and honestly, uh, not thinking about social media either. Um, I, I wouldn't check Twitter. I wouldn't check Facebook or any of those other services. 
The only thing I may randomly do is post a message on those services. Like if we're doing something exciting or fun or something like that, but never checking it just to see what everybody else is doing. I've, I've got, I've got times within, within the day that I schedule to do those things. Right. And then how I would end my evening, uh, you know, after I leave work, I'm spending some time with family, you know, spending some time with the kids. And then Stephanie and I both enjoy either uh, sitting down and watching a television show or two, um, you know, episodes and uh, and or we would uh, go to bed and sit and read a book together. So Stephanie likes to read out loud and I follow along in my Kindle. Nice. Good stuff. So then it sounds like me uh, to me that you're employing the whole concept of this word we've both used in the past called margin. And do you want to explain to people what that is for you? Well, margin for me just means that while it sounds crazy and it sounds like I'm working 12 to 14 hours a day, what margin means to me is that my work is more like play. It's not me strapped to my computer. It's not me sit, you know, a slave to the commitments that I've made to people. It's not me, you know, operating from a mindset of scarcity where if I don't do this, you know, my world's going to fall apart. What margin means to me is that I have freedom to do what I want when I want or to not do what I want when I don't want to do it. Um, and, and, and margin means that you know, if, if if let's just say I I'll give you an I, I'll give you a, a perfect example of when I did not have margin. Look, just look. This just goes to my my podcasting live show Thursdays. I used to fire up the live stream and we would record a podcast at eight thirty, and uh, at and it was scheduled to be a, a half an hour long, and then. At 9.30, I would schedule. I would be scheduled to start my next show that was scheduled to be for 30 minutes and ended up... Uh, and then at 10.30, I would have another show. Well, all of those shows usually ran about, you know, 45 minutes to 55 minutes long, some of them getting started late. And I was oftentimes, you know, literally doing four hours of podcast recording with zero breaths in between the the podcast episodes and then um you know there was originally scheduled an hour for lunch but because of how far some of those schedules got pushed back uh usually only had 15 20 minutes for lunch and then in the afternoon i would actually have two or three or four more other shows that i would have to do that's how my live show thursday used to be that's how my consulting days Used to be, although my consulting, I will say that I never was late on a consulting consulting call, ever. But again, it was thirty minute buffer in between, you know. And and there were times when a consulting call, you know, if it was scheduled for two hours, and I had a thirty minute buffer before the next one, there were many consulting calls that went two hours and twenty five minutes. And so I I finally said, you know, listen, I, I have to jump on another call. You know, if you if you need further help, you know, we can schedule another time. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to charge you anything extra for the 25 minutes here. But, you know, just want to let you know, I do have to jump off because I have to jump right onto another call. Yeah. So I with it, like literally five minutes to breathe, stand up, stretch and then sit back down and go on to the next call, which could be for another two hours. And that used to be my life. And 
Uh, and on days when I didn't have consulting calls, I literally had committed to so many different things that my to-do list, the things that had to be done today would literally require that I sit in front of my computer, you know, for 10 hours straight, nonstop. And there's just no way to get it all done. And that didn't even, that didn't even consider in this idea of engaging with my community online or um, answering emails. So, and oh, by the way, most of the time it had, it almost had nothing to do with me working on things that improve my business, that actually help me, you know, take my business to the next level. It was almost always commitments that I made to other people putting myself last, including. Yeah. So what margin means to me is that there is time for me. I actually have the ability to say yes when I want to say yes, the ability to say no when I want to say no, the ability to say, you know what, um, the Apple keynotes today, I'm going to spend the next 90 minutes just hanging out here and, and blowing this time away. You know, it, I have the freedom to do that and I'll still be able to accomplish the things that I put on my to-do list today. Awesome. Now, have you ever read the book called Margin? I have not. Okay. There is a book called Margin uh, by Richard Swenson and he basically talks about focusing on margin in four key areas, emotional energy, physical energy, time, and finances. And, and I'm reading from the back of the book. He offers an overall picture of health that employs contentment, simplicity, balance, and rest. Nice. And it's basically prescribing exactly how you approach going from no margin and overload to having margin. Well, it, it's been a journey for me. I, I, I can say that emotionally, physically, financially, and what was the other one? Finance. I, I said financially. So oh, I, finance, emotional, where was it? Emotional, physical, time, and finances. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good at all of those. I fail miserably at the physical most of the time, but I'm you know, there have been times when I've had months and months and months where I do amazing at it. I've, and uh, then there have been times when I lose priority. And, and what's amazing is when I have margin in the other three, the physical comes along. And so I am at now where finally I'm getting back into the physical. But I couldn't, for me, I couldn't do the physical without the others. Although I will say I listen to enough people to know that even when you're overwhelmed by all the other stuff, Usually starting with the physical is the best place to get margin. Mm-hmm. And and then the rest will follow. Yeah. But, for, but for me, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with that. And uh, I am glad to say, though, that I finally have. it. For, for me, gaining margin in my life was getting clear about a couple things. Number one, I had to get over this idea that I had to please everyone. You know, I'm a perfectionist. I want everybody to love me. No matter what, I want everybody to agree with me. I want everybody in the world to think that I am the most awesome guy they have ever met. Um, and that's a tall order to live up to. And it's not quite realistic. And not to mention the fact that I've come, I finally have come to grips with the fact that it, it's okay if people don't like me. I mean, it, matter of fact, it's okay if people hate me. Um, that's not going to be the end of my world. Um, and, and, when I got to the place where I realized that I don't have to please other people, that's when I finally could actually say this, you know, two letter word. 
it used to be, you know, the one of the foulest curse words I ever knew, which is, <laughs> uh, I, I'm actually getting really good at saying no gracefully, um, and, and with great tact and, and with great respect, but at the same time, I'm getting good at communicating a clear, concise, definitive no. This is something I'm not committing to at this time, but but also following up with an offer of how I can provide either a resource or recommendation or referral that can help you with what you're looking for. Well, that leads me to uh, inbox zero. Let's go, let's go back to that because it sounds to me like you're operating now more out of an inbox guilt in, inbox guilt zero. Say that again. It sounds to me you you used to be very much an inbox zero. I need to have my inbox down to zero. It sounds now like you're able to walk away at the end of the workday, ideally with having something like, say, 30 messages in there and being guilt-free. So I'm reframing it as inbox guilt zero. Well, one of the things I can tell you right now is is I'm, I'm 39 years old. And at my age, I've got, I've got so many friends that are around my age and you know, even a little bit older than I am who are facing some pretty serious stuff in their life. Um, and, and I've gotten some clients, you know, that, that have been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, one of my very close personal friends, mentor, Dr. David H. Foster, uh, recently passed away. Um, just, just, just so many things that I've seen going on, going on and just in my own spiritual life, just, just really, uh, communicating and, and understanding the fact that, you know, there's a couple things. Number one, life is not all about work. Mm-hmm. And I understand that I am, I'm not 100% in control of my life anyway. And I do trust in God's provision for, for me and my family. I, I'm no longer operating in a mindset of scarcity, meaning that if I don't do this, if I don't grab at every opportunity, I'm going to miss out and I won't be able to provide for my family. I'm no longer operating from that mindset anymore. And what I realized is there's more to life than all of this other worry and anxiety. And as soon as I got rid of the fear of, uh, you know, basically letting everybody in the world down and realizing that, you know, I, I can't, I have to, I have to make commitments to myself, the things that I want to commit to and the things that you want to commit me to, I can't feel bad. I can't take on that guilt because you assumed that I would take on that commitment uh, so, so as soon as I got over that, it, it really helped. Um, I forgot the question now because I, <laughs> where I was going with this. Uh, you used to do inbox zero. It sounds to me like you're not concerned with that as much now. I, I, I am and I'm not. So, so let me explain to you. Number one, it is very much a desire of mine. I would love every day to, to leave my, my workspace at 5 or 5.30 with my inbox at zero. And here's what I can tell you. Even, even if I had 200 email messages that came in today, if I went to bed at 9 or 10 o'clock at night, even if I didn't go to sleep until 11, and I got up at 4.45 in the morning and, and did that ideal morning, there is no question in my mind I would be able to hit inbox zero every single day without fail. I just know it's possible. I know I can do it. And, and I would very rarely would I ever fail in doing it. But here's the reason why 
you know, many times I stay up until 11, 12 o'clock at night and I get up around eight o'clock in the morning and, and I usually get into my studio around nine thirty, ten o'clock. And then I work until about five or six. And that, when I do that, when I do those things, am I going to get to inbox zero at the end of the day? Most of the time I'm not, but because of the way I actually do my to-do list. See, the thing is, is my email inbox used to be my to-do list. I would right. leave it. I would leave things in my email inbox until I did them. And when I did them, I would respond and say, hey, I did this archive message, which equaled check it off the to-do list. But now I keep my to-do list separately. Matter of fact, I, I try not to put to, my calendar is reserved for scheduled appointments, not tasks. Mm-hmm. Put on, I don't put on my calendar from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I am going to do this task. That is that is not going on my calendar. That is not because because my calendar is for things that are set in stone. I have to be at this place doing this thing at this time. And the truth is, is I don't have to be balancing my budget or I don't have to be writing this blog post from nine to ten. I can write that blog post at any point in this day that I so desire. So it doesn't go on my calendar. So one of the things that I have this to do list. And the to-do list is, is, is what directs my day. I don't allow people to, com- to tell me anymore. I used to. I don't let people tell me anymore what my day is going to look like. I mean, obviously, there are times when circumstances of life happen. And, you know, somebody's in the hospital or there's a funeral or there's this. And, and sure, okay, that's going to dictate my day. But when it comes in, it's like, oh, Cliff, I'm really having a problem. And I, I have this interview at two o'clock today and I, I know that, um, you know, I know I didn't hire you, I, but I need you today. <laughs> I need you. I need you at 10 a.m. this morning. I, I've, you know, by the time I get that email, I look at my to do to to do list and could I drop everything that I'm doing right now and connect with you in 35 minutes? Technically. The answer is yes, but more than likely, the answer is going to be no. And so being able to actually, instead of letting that sit in my inbox, I can actually hit you know, reply and say, I'm not able to help you, but here are some people who may be able to, you know, and, and, and then hit send. And you know what? I used to fear, oh, wow, what, how is that going to damage my brand? How is that going to do this? How is that? Because... I mean, now I, I had this, I had the opportunity there to be Superman. I had the opportunity to be the guy who saves the day. And I've decided I can't always be that guy. I have too many other commitments that I've made to, to put things together that people are counting on me for. And, and so, I, you know, I, I have to kind of be able to say no. And then what I'm doing is when I look at my email inbox in the morning and, and you know, really all the way up until noon, that when I'm looking through my email inbox, I'm looking, are there anything in here that are to-do items? Are there anything in here that I need to accomplish? And if so, let's move them to the to-do list. Now, are any of these going into today? Okay, no. Well, then I've got a to-do, I have three to-do lists. I have to-do today, to-do tomorrow, and to-do soon. All right, those are my three lists. Gotcha. So I take the email, 
and I immediately place that over here. Now, once I've actually moved a, a task over to my to-do list, if there's information in the email that requires me to kind of read the information that's in there to actually start working on it, well, what I, Gmail has this thing where basically if you open up a message, it's got its own unique URL. And so I just copied the URL of that message from my browser and I paste it in my to-do list notes and then I archive that message. And so what happens is, yeah, at the end of the day, I might have, let's say, 30 messages that I have not responded to. But I know for a fact that prior to 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I know for a fact there isn't one thing where people have requested for me to commit to do something for them that I have not already moved to my to-do list or responded with an, a definitive no, but here's somebody who can. So what that means is those other 30 emails are just, hey, Cliff, when you get around to it, could you give me some advice on this? Or, hey, Cliff, when you get around to it, could you do this? Could you, or not, could you do this? Could you, uh, I would love this response. Or, hey, here's something I was thinking about. What do you think? And, and so those 30 or 40 emails, typically, if I haven't got the email ze inbox zero, they're just social related messages. And those can always wait until tomorrow. Yeah. Or the next day. Or the next day. Or the next day. And I'm okay with that. And the thing is, is, you know, here's the deal. If I would get up at five, start my work day, at, or if I would start my day at 5 a.m., I, I would never have to put those off. But unfortunately, I don't live in the ideal perfect world every day. So, yeah. Now, as far as your to-do list, those three different lists, have you, are you still, I know at one point you were very much incorporating the the four quadrants uh, modality of using, you know, your, your A1 and your B1, your A's, your B's and et cetera. I'm referring to the flavor your day with steak sauce chapter of Entree Leadership where Dave Ramsey talks about this, which really isn't his original idea. I think it was a Stephen Covey thing. But regardless, I know you were very gung-ho about that six months ago or so. Are you moving more away from that or have you kind of adapted that into these three to-do lists? And can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Well, the four quadrants were um, things that are important and urgent things that are important and not urgent, things that are not important but are urgent, and then the fourth quadrant being things that are not important and not urgent. All right. And for a while, you know, things that are important and urgent, that those are the things that have to get done today. You know, those are the A's. Mm -hmm. And then the B's, which are, these are things that are not important, or these are, are important, but they're not urgent. They don't have to get done. Those are your B's. And uh, the problem is, is many times what we do is we spend too many times saying yes to the C's or committing our time to the C's, which are these are the things that are urgent but not important to us. These are the things where somebody emails you and says, hey, Cliff, um, I have an interview uh, at in 35 minutes. Are you available right now? That This is urgent. Well, to me, yeah, that it, it, they've made it urgent to me because – you know, they're, they're requesting me to, to commit my time to them immediately right now. And that would require that I put down what I'm doing right now. The question I, that you have to ask is, is this important? And, and the answer to that really depends on the relationship you have with that person and, and, and stuff like that. So 
Um, it, I will tell you that when I started to go through this, yes, I was very gung-ho. I was actually marking things A1, A2, A3, B1, B2, B3, just like I read in Entre Leadership. However, I slowly moved away from that by asking a simpler question, what's most important to me today? What is the most important thing for me to accomplish today? And, and I started actually, I, I started at my whiteboard and say, okay, what are the most important things for me to work on? What is it that I, in an, and I had started in an ideal world, if I were to spend my day working on items, what are the things, what are the most important things that I would work on if I had, was in complete control of my own day? And I listed the items and I, and here's the thing. You know, when, the, when we got, when you had the A and the B quadrants, the things that were quote unquote important, I had like 12 of them. So I had to actually say, okay, well, what are the top four, you know, and then, and then let's, let's put all the other things below that and say, okay, those are optional, but I want to move, I want to move to working more in the top four. And what that did is it actually got me to where I realized that consulting and coaching was really far down on my list, one-on-one um, -on -one coaching and consulting. And, and when I say really far down on my list, I mean it was like item number five <laughs> of, of the 12. But, but here's the deal. That was below. Let me see if I have my list here. Do I have it? Um, yeah, Podcast Mastermind is my number one. Digital Products is number two. Uh, affiliate Commissions is number three. Podcasting A to Z is number four. And uh, then you've got consulting and coaching. So obviously, I have some other things that are above consulting and coaching. What happens is I used to spend so much time um, focusing on consulting co and coaching, which is great. I, I mean, I had to raise my rates to make it worth my time. But even at $300 per hour, the opportunity cost of pulling myself away from creating my next, next digital training product or taking my podcasting A to Z course, or you know, scheduling my next podcasting A to Z course and marketing it, or you know, making sure that I'm taking things to the next level all the time with my podcast mastermind. These are the things that generate their their large group settings. They're, they 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 you know require minimal use of my time, or actually not minimal, but they require the one hour of time spent in those impacts. You know, anywhere be, to as little as 30 people, as many as thousands. So I'd, So the question is, do I want to spend more of my time spending one hour that's going to be, benefit 30 to hundreds or thousands of people or spend a lot of time working one-on-one? -on -one? And I still like working one-on-one, -on -one, which is why I still say yes at least two out of ten of the times. But... Uh, but the, the, the thing is, is I had to actually get to this place where I had to say, what's the most important thing to me? So when the problem I had with the quadrants is I had too many things that were important. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So, my, so basically, when, when it came down to it, everything was an A. Yeah. Or it was a B. Uh, and, and the reason why is because I had gotten to the place where unimportant, you know, unimportant things really, I, I already had to say no to those. It was a necessity. My problem was that I had too many A1 through 7 through, not, you know, I had A1 through A15. Uh, 
these are these were all important. So I had to realize it's like, you know what? Okay, I'm I can't say yes to all the important things. I can't say matter of fact, I can't even say yes to the important I can't even say yes and commit to and put on my to-do list today all of the important and urgent things. Right. I actually have to say no to many important and urgent things. And that didn't that didn't fit into the the quadrant thing. And so for me, I I kind of just said, you know what? I I I love the mindset. You know, I I I still find myself how important is this? How urgent is this? And that is a you know, that is that has very much got its residual effect in my mind. And I think it will, I will always forever be benefit from having that knowledge and that, that understanding of priorities. But, but yeah, my list today is very organic and it's my own. And it's like, you know, is this something, is this something I feel on my gut? If I were to die tonight, you know, and this, and this thing didn't get done tomorrow is, will I have spent the last day on earth working on the right thing? That that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, yeah, and it sounds to me like you know, like many people, you start you started with adopting a certain thing like the four quadrants or an inbox zero. But what you ultimately did was not worry about the system itself and made it adaptable or adapted it to your workflow. Exactly. That's so. exactly what I did. Well, I would love to keep talking to you again. I'd love to have you on the show again sometime in the future. But, I mean, we have gone way over what I initially thought we would do, and I'm so thankful for that. And uh, I know we get to talk on a regular basis, but uh, for other people who would like to connect with you online, where would you like to uh, direct them to go check you out? Well, the on Twitter, I am at twitter.com slash gspn, which stands for Generally Speaking Production Network. And uh, the best place to find me online, I think, is podcastanswerman.com. That's where you're going to get most of the content related to, um, you know, my business side of things. And also I have a show at pursuingabalancedlife.com where I talk a lot about what's going on in my life and how I'm managing it. And by the way, if you were to uh, come in six months from now and ask me all of these same exact questions, I may have completely different answers. For. Oh, I, I intend to. <laughs> so. <laughs> so great. Well, thank you so much, Cliff. Thank you for coming on the show. Eric, it's been a pleasure, my friend, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Well, that's it for this first episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cliff Ravenscraft. Please check out the show notes for all the links to all the different topics and pieces of software, books, etc. that were mentioned in this episode, as well as make sure to go check out Cliff himself. He's GSPN on Twitter, and his website is gspn.tv and podcastanswerman.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a couple minutes, go subscribe to it in iTunes, and in fact, if you really liked it, go leave a favorable iTunes review, preferably five-star, and we will see you next time.